Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 49. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at weekendpodcast.com. My name is Ryan, and as always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on, guys? All right, so let's jump right into our opening segment. Byron Burn, if you're new to the show, basically we pick... Uh, we each pick a game for a given system. This outing, it is the Sega Master System. Uh, we'll play those games individually, and then we'll give our opinions on which ones we would buy, rent, or burn. So the picks this week, Andy has gone with Rastan or Rastan. Do you know? Is there? I have no idea. One of those. Uh, Conan, Nate... I think it's pronounced. Conan, yes. Uh, <laughs> and Nate, Nate has gone with uh, the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin, or just Spider-Man versus Kingpin. I saw it both ways all over the net, and uh, I've selected Double Dragon. So uh, let's go back up to the top. We'll read a little description on Andy's pick here. Uh, Rostan, Rostan. Um, you are Rostan, or Rostan, an, an iron-muscled barbarian from the cold Northlands. Bounty hunter by trade, you fear no man, or dark slavering beast. Uh, you are a master of every edged weapon. Now the king has given you a quest. Rescue his daughter from the deepest reaches of Samia, a land where evil villains fear to tread. Succeed and wealth beyond your wildest dreams shall be your reward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an action platformer where you look like straight up like Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan. And that's kind of the plot of Conan. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. They weren't hiding anything, I don't think. Um, but this game is, I mean, it's a pretty well-known arcade game. Though it's I don't know if I've ever actually played. It's a brutal arcade game. I played this all the time. You did? I, I don't I think sucked. I ever have. Yeah, like instant, like it, it was so unforgiving. I just remember like, it's one of those games where I was a little too young to play it. And like you drop your quarter in and it was like, I blew it within the first minute every time. Really? Wow. Huh. Did they give you a life bar or was it one hits and stuff like that? And that I can't I recall. Remember. I just know it was very easy to die. But again, it was one of those early arcade games, like because Conan was huge at the time. And it was one of those games that just had big, awesome sprites. So like it really stood out at the time. But yeah, I, I did play it. Not well. It took me a while to figure out that there's two jump heights in this mm-hmm. game. <laughs> the because I'm like, there has to be something. There was, I got stuck in a p- point where I couldn't get in over something, and it was like, okay, something's up. So yeah, there's just a regular jump, which is just like tiny, and then there's you have to press up and jump at the same time to uh, to jump higher, and you'll probably be doing that more than anything, and it feels pretty clunky because you also a lot of times have to move right. At the same time. So you're pressing right up and jump at the same time. And your best attack for moving forward uh, without taking damage is to double jump and then like down stab. So like I found myself doing that a lot to traverse stages. The jump took me forever to figure out. Um, I mean, in a world where you're just supposed to press one button and jump. And I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? And it took me forever. So I thought you had to hit both buttons. And then up, and so I'm like swinging the sword and jumping in this weird, like, strange motion. Um, 
but I, I, it wasn't difficult at all. Like I felt like the first level was a breeze and just kind of, you were extremely powerful. And as soon as a monster would come, like you're quite a, there's a big distance. And so I don't know to yeah. me, it wasn't overly difficult, even though the boss wasn't a big deal. I feel like they consolize it very well with that in mind. Like even I know for a fact, well, I shouldn't say for a fact, but I'm almost positive that those platforms where you to jump into the water and stuff, they weren't that forgiving. That was like instant death in the arcade. So here they let you like take damage, but land in the water and jump forward. Um, mm. So they kind of, they did a good job of bringing it home and making it approachable to all ages. Um, Cause the original Rastan, like the arcade game, I don't know if any of you have played like Volgar, I think it's called the Viking God or whatever mm. on current consoles. It, that to me felt like an homage to that game and that it's that brutal. Um, so playing this, I was pleasantly surprised. I actually really liked, well, I always had nostalgia for this arcade game and then playing this home port. I, I was impressed. Like I thought it was a good conversion, probably better than the arcade. Ryan, you have the weirdest experience with arcades. Like, the ones that I've never heard of, you're like, oh yeah, I totally played that all the time. I loved it. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know this was a real thing. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. We had good local arcades at, uh, at my little crap old town, I guess. Yeah. I guess they knew what was up. I do love how he like walks around with that sword, like a baseball bat. Yes. And that's pretty, yes. pretty much how he swings it. That's, that's how I would do it. So. Did you think like the up motion was funny though? Like he was just <laughs> like just I don't know. It was so weird. It just looked oh yeah super when he was climbing un- ropes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, climbing ropes, and it just looked like it didn't. It was kind of an afterthought. Some of his movement. Uh, I still found it pretty enjoyable though, for just what it is. Like it's a game that you can just sit down. You don't have to stress too much about it. I'm sure it gets way more difficult as the levels progress but i enjoyed it yeah and i like that it's got like really gnarly enemy design like they put a lot of detail into making their enemies look weird like as a eight-year-old kid i'd love that like they're all kind of like freakish looking monsters and get to hack them to bits what's not to love about that i bet the little blood i bet the eight-year-old would have loved the straight-up nudity in this game too did you see that uh i don't did i miss it there is like a fairy or something or a winged creature in the second level after you beat the first boss flying around at the top she's straight up has her boobs out okay i did not catch that but now i'm gonna have to go back and check this out yeah it's crazy how nintendo was censoring any little thing and then like that completely (laughs) flew over everybody's radar (laughs) nice and sega nips when nintendo don't i guess (laughs) All right, so let's move on to Nate's pick, Spider-Man versus Kingpin. Uh, description on this one, enter a vicious web of danger and disaster. The Kingpin of crime frames Spider-Man for planting a bomb in New York. Spidey's only hope is to find the keys to the bomb's location before it explodes. Help Spider-Man stick it to the Kingpin and his horde of vicious assassins along the way. Enter hand-to-hand combat with Dr. Octopus. Put the Sandman to sleep and use dazzling aerobatics to take on Lizard, Hobgoblin, and Venom. Sounds like an awesome game. Sounds like the comic. I, I didn't play it. I didn't play the awesome <laughs> game. I, I want to preface this this pick. I recently finished PS4 Spider-Man, so I was on that kick. 
And yes, everyone that's listening, and even you guys, I understand that every Spider-Man game leading up to this point is awful and just sucks. Yes, I hear it, and this one is no exception. It was not great. Uh, so this is a class- classic, I guess, beat-em-up in a way. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool to start with was um, you were able to shoot your web, you were able to swing, um, and from what I could gather, it didn't really limit you to how much you use. I know some of the other uh, other Spider-Man games, you have to like gather web in order to shoot web, I guess. So this one allowed you to uh, kind of freely move that way. But you are introduced right in the game with cops shooting at your face, and there's no dodging it. Even if you punch them, they fly back and then shoot you immediately. It's super frustrating. Even the first level, it's not clear exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I think, Ryan, you said it took you forever to figure out that you had to go through the top window. And once you get to the window, you don't know how to get into the window. Um, I mean, the description comes across as like this awesome game, but I feel like I'm just picking turds for Buy, Rent, Burn. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think you're missing a couple of key uh, Spider-Man games that were good, too, and those would be like the Spider-Man 2 game and stuff on uh, two gens ago, like Xbox and PlayStation and GameCube. That one was actually good. Um, and then there's one for the PlayStation that's good from Neversoft, I think. But yeah almost all of them exclusively in 2d there are some 16-bit ones that aren't awful like carnage i don't hate but yeah they're not great um i will say this one did not play well this one reminded me a lot of uh there is well there's i think there's a few for the game boy but there's one in the game boy in particular that i owned where you start out in new york city like skateboarding through the well you don't skateboard through the park you punch guys on skateboards then you can ride the skateboard (laughs) and this played almost exactly like that where it's just like an exercise in frustration um the only difference is is this game for an 8-bit game looked great like you said the opening stuff the cinematics that was all really well done the art was great the design of the characters in the game were good master system so everything was really vibrant and colorful and not choppy it's just it fell apart in the gameplay department for me um they nailed like the web slinging and swinging stuff like you said that felt cool but at the same time it didn't feel like i had total control uh and yeah after right and by the time i figured out i needed to get into the window and then failed to do so after about three attempts and continues uh i just stopped i'm sure there's more to this game that maybe could redeem it but i'll never know so i really like this game what yeah i i think it's really clunky because they tried to do everything that you would expect Spider-Man to do. I mean, sure. he climbs the walls, he swings. Like, how are you supposed to put that all in an 8-bit game like that? But they tried to do it, and I don't know. It, it's kind of clunky in, in the that regard, but it's halfway there. I mean, it feels like a yeah. good Spider-Man game, and I don't know. And then there's, once you get into uh, more of the story mechanic, where uh, you have to defuse the bomb that Kingpin uh, set. There's a time limit. So as you're playing, there's a timer running on the side of the screen pretty much the whole time you're playing. 
And oh, after did you e- beat the game? No. Okay. No. But after every level, you uh, it's it says, oh, maybe I should go back and rest. So you can go back to your house and uh, rest, which increases your health again, but it obviously takes time off the timer. So I thought that was a really interesting mechanic in an old game. It is cool. That like is constantly overarching it, you know, the whole the whole game. Um, I can't think of many games that have that type of mechanic that old, you know, in an eight bit game. But I don't know. I mean, that second level was kind of weird. Like, I, you don't really know what to do either. So you just start beating guys, and eventually, a forklift comes, and then you try and beat the forklift, and then Doc Ock comes, and that was a weird fight. You didn't really know what you were supposed to do, but eventually, somehow beat him. <laughs> so I ended because I fell down a hole and you're supposed to climb up, but there's a bunch of spikes. So you had to jump past the spikes, then grab on. And the controls just were fighting me the whole time. And sure. I just got eaten by the crocodile and I was like, okay, that's enough of this game. But I liked I felt that it was like this constant, like, button mashing panic there's so much happening especially in the first level and you're like just button mashing away and you're like i don't even know what button is doing what at this point and then you're trying individual things yeah that that's a good good analogy you're just constantly fighting the controls on trying to understand how they operate yeah even getting to that window i mean there's no great way to get there you have to swing and then like somehow get climbing on the top thing you know on the top yeah. row of windows. I think this solidifies one thing for me, though. The master system is pretty impressive. Like, we did uh, the last master system we did. We talked about how when we chose Rocky, that opening screen was like, wow. The colors are vibrant. The The details and the graphics were definitely there. And this was the same thing with Spider-Man. I was like, okay, this this could potentially be a really good game. However, it didn't play well for me, but uh, it looked amazing, especially just those cutscenes and everything. It's very impressive. Yeah, those look straight out of the cartoon. Mm. Yeah. Or comics, yeah. Well, I wish I'd have gotten to like experience a little bit more of it like you guys did, but <clears throat> maybe I'll have to watch a Let's Play or something, because I don't know that I have it in me to go back and try and make it through that window. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the last one, my pick. Um, Double Dragon, I'll read the description on it, although everyone should probably be familiar. Um, In a city destroyed by war and crime, uh, you count on each other to survive. You are Billy and Jimmy Lee, the twins they call Spike and Hammer. When it comes to martial arts, you're both straight lethal, uh, leaping kicks, knee smashes, judo throws. Uh, You are the masters. Now get ready for the biggest battle of all. The Black Warriors, the meanest gang in the city, has kidnapped Jimmy's girlfriend, Mary Ann. Uh, she's the bather who's going to lure them onto their turf. They're going to get her back and take care of the Black Warriors gang once and for all. Um, <clears throat> very iconic game um, for me and probably a lot of people. That arcade was one of the first beat 'em ups, like true beat 'em ups that I recall seeing. Uh, that opening segment, the girl getting punched, the gang walking away, the music uh, that all seared into my five year old brain. Uh, so this port came out in 1988, the same time, same year as the NES port. And uh, the reason I brought this up is because 
I feel that this is the best conversion for that era um, to a home system because it captures, it does what to me is most important to any beat em up and especially to Double Dragon. And that is the fact that you can beat the shit out of people with a buddy in co op. Um, a lot of people don't give the Master System version props. They like the NES one. Um, I am sorry. Um, this is not my opinion. Factually, you are all incorrect. Uh, the NES version is uh, an abomination and a disappointment. I recall renting that, running home with my buddy from the grocery store back in the day, popping it into his Nintendo, having both controllers hooked up, and furiously pressing start and select and A and B on player two, only to realize that we couldn't. And it was soul crushing. And uh, yeah, that's why this one's the best. It's the best. Two player co op. You don't, and it can do three sprites on screen, enemy sprites, with a whole bunch of flicker, but it can do it. Um, yeah. Double Dragon. What more do you need to know? Two player. Best version. I, I agree. This port is pretty awesome compared to the NES. I never got attached to the NES one. Uh, number two and number three, that's a whole different story. Uh, but yeah, that was, I had the same, same experience. All right, double dragon. Here we go. It's in the name double two. We got two brothers, two controllers, one player. Um, so super frustrating, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's double dragon. It's, it's, uh, it's a good, uh, good version of it. Uh, very, very familiar. I think one of the funny stories for me with Double Dragon was uh, that opening scene. So growing up, I was raised in a house like you don't raise a hand to a woman, like you don't hit a woman. <laughs> and, and if you do, you're going to get whooped really, really, really bad. And it was one of those moments that that opening scene where he punches her in the stomach, you're like, oh. right. I can't believe this really happened. And like, that was, that was edgy for me to, to see something like that. Um, but I mean, it's such a nostalgic game. It's a good game. And, um, this is a great version of it. Yeah. That, that beginning, it's like so iconic, isn't it? It's nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, the, the two player is like pretty much a must. And, the NES not having that was a huge bummer. Although the NES does have Bimmy instead of Billy. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so we won on some level. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I've played the the console versions. For whatever reason, like all these different cons that we go to, like you play the arcade one. Mm -hmm. And then you forget how... The, the console one is compared to that. And it, it's not too bad, but I don't know. It seems, it seems, uh, I don't know. This one seems like it was scaled for two players, probably. It's almost got like, it, it, I've, I, I kind of had forgotten how they squished the characters. It's almost like river city ransom ish, like mashing down. Um, yeah, you can still tell it's the game, but yeah, it's, it, they're a lot shorter. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and for whatever reason, I seem really hard compared oh, to yes. even even the arcade version. I was thinking the same thing. Like I really struggled playing that solo. Um, so I think it's almost. I mean, it is Double Dragon, so it's supposed to be hard because it's an arcade port. But I think really do enjoy this version. You have to have two people 
because otherwise yep. you just get cornered so easily until you can get like a whip or something then you stand a chance oh yeah 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 i just uh as we were talking about that intro and he's talking about the girl getting punched which i vividly remember being like oh my gosh too um i was just remembering that bithead 1000 intro where instead of the gang coming out, Bithead walks out, like punches the girl, like curb stomps her, like grabs her by the hair and just whips her around, like throws her through the garage door. <laughs> There's just blood <laughs> everywhere. Oh, jeez. It's so great. Oh, oh. the guy is hilarious. <laughs> Love it. Is it? Is it the second one where she gets straight up shot? Oh, I forget which one that is. Yeah, I do There's recall one of them seeing that's... that. Wasn't a good time to be a damsel in distress in the eighties, I guess. No. All right. No. Should we do our picks? We could probably go on and on about Double Dragon, but who hasn't played that, right? And now we get to talk about the ultimate version. So let's go back up to the top. Um, we're gonna go through our picks. Andy, you can kick it off. Do I have to? Because this is really hard. This one. Let's um, never mind. <laughs> Uh, I I can talk myself in circles over this, and I'm still not exactly sure which order I want to put it in, because I like parts of each of these, and then there's parts of them that are just straight up like frustrating and clunky. Um, I think I'm gonna do Rastan for my buy, just because I enjoyed that the most, just kind of cruising through it. Um, I'm getting nervous my, for your second pick. Yeah, my rent here. is good. My rent is going to be Spider Man. No, <laughs> how dare you! I feel better about myself now. <laughs> you monster! I, <laughs> I I really like that they tried to go for it in that game, and they had some really interesting mechanics. But ultimately, it was they bit off more than they could chew on a, a system with two buttons. I think, <laughs> but um. Yeah, and my burn, unfortunately, is going to be Double Dragon, because I, I don't know, like, I will I've been spoiled I will never it. forgive you for this, Andy. I, I know, I know, it's, I felt really <laughs> bad, and it's like, but when I look back at it, like, which one would I want to play anymore? It's like, nah, I don't want to play Double Dragon anymore, because it's, yeah. I don't have any friends to play it with right here on my <clears throat> That's emulator. That's what I was going to say, like, yeah, if you're looking at it as a solo endeavor, I can, I can totally yeah. see that. Just going off the experience that I played this, you know, this week or whatever, but sure. I could see how back in the day, if you had a friend like that's, that's going to be the game, right? Double Dragon's going to be the, the, the buy in this case, but. Nate, how about you? I'm shocked. I am just shocked. That's he can't not even how make I pictured picks. that to go. <laughs> so shocked. <laughs> now, now I feel like I don't even know if I'm choosing correctly. Is this real life? <laughs> is, this, is this even a thing? Um, so I was going to say the obvious choice, which that's a flat out lie now, um, <laughs> would be my double dragon for the buy. Um, it, it is just a nostalgic game to me. And so that's really hard to, to discount personally. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I said this even before we started recording that, um, Ryan, it always seems like you look at the list and you're like, oh, I'm just going to one up everyone and put something super familiar in. That's like, Oh yeah, that pulls at the hard strings a little bit. So, um, that, that is definitely going to be my buy, uh, rent. 
is going to be uh, Rastin or Restin or whatever you want to call it. Very interesting game. I think it's uh, fairly simple. I guess I've never played the arcade to compare it to. Um, but I thought there was some really cool components there, some creepy components, and it was a little edgy. So that would be one that, uh, you know, a Friday night rent as a kid uh, and uh, not played in front of the parents, but have a sleepover or something like that and uh, play something. Um, and then obviously this uh, leaves Spider-Man for the burn. And this is one I actually pictured renting as a kid because it looks so cool as you look through the box art and the description is very clear. Um, but then, yeah, it'd be one of those like rents that you just instantly regret or Ryan would make his mom go back and return <laughs> uh, because it's like, I can't even get through this window. Like I can't play this for the next three days. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely going to be my burn. What about you, Ryan? I, uh, I'm going to buy Raston, Raston. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we're talking about two arcade games that I have vivid memories of growing up. Um, it was always a game that like drew my attention, like I said, as a kid, but the fact that I couldn't progress in it or had the funds to progress in it limited my enjoyment. So getting to see like this tamed down version um, and having that nostalgia flood back, plus the fact that I could play this successfully alone um, is the buy. I actually want to get a physical copy of this now. I, I, I enjoyed it that much. Um, I'm going to rent Double Dragon. I stand by. It is a far superior version of double dragon for the home console. Uh, but I think just the fact that, you know, as we've said, if you don't have player two, um, it, it's hard to top like a more solid single player experience. So that's where it's going to be a rent for me, even though I do own it. Um, and then Spider-Man, I just, I, I liked everything about how it looked and I liked the mechanics they fit in, but, no thanks. I I couldn't do that. I'm not hurt over it. It's just, you know, my game. My constant picks that you destroy. I'm fine. Hey, you had money more from Power Rangers. I love that. You're right. I gotta find more of those. <laughs> I, I would have I would have bought Spider-Man, but it was just a little bit too broken to <laughs> I think I that was the most If you would have bought Spider-Man, I just I don't like even I can't understand you. the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I had the most fun with that one, but it was just like, <laughs> some of it was just like, ah, it's too, this is way too clunky to even like recommend is, this game. Does that even surprise you with Andy? Cause it's always like, we it's think true. it's very clear. And then he's like, I actually didn't mind it. But and, like, he always and then he looks convinces this, like, you that it's not like this pile of crap. Like I remember listening <laughs> yes. to that out to lunch one. And I was like, man, like I really got on board with what he was saying, but I did not like that game very much. <laughs> Right. You should go in politics. Like I was like, maybe Spider-Man is really good. Am I missing something? Every time. <laughs> uh nice. You should be reviewing like all the shovelware games for some website out there. Getting paid for it. Mobile phone. Phone games. Yeah. yeah that's your career path. I found it. <laughs> I just give them nines across the board every time. <laughs> all right, another Byron Burn in the books.
All right, so moving on to the middle of the podcast here. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, we'll do a little game here. Uh, I wanted to ask you a, a few questions. Uh, would you say that you have uh, a preoccupation with gaming? Not anymore. No. I think I think you're both lying. Uh, would you say? Okay, yes. Would you say that if if gaming or games are taken away from you, you you possibly experience sadness, anxiety, or irritability? Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you feel the need to play more games to satisfy the urge to tolerate or to? You know your tolerance towards gaming. Absolutely, always trying to satisfy the urge. Okay, I I don't want to alarm you, um, but you guys are well on your way to uh, being officially diagnosed uh, with gaming disorder, uh, the official disease oh. that is now uh, recognized by the American uh, Psychiatric Organization or World Health, I guess now. Um, so wow. you're all sick. Why don't you uh, take some PTO? Do they give us pills? When do I get my pills? Um, as soon as you visit your local psychiatrist. Okay. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I've had this since probably 1989. I read an article how they Yikes. stressed the importance of having it recognized as an official disease. That way, when people need to, like, take leave from work due to it, um, their uh, insurances will cover the costs of treatment. So that's important. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> I'm excited. When GTA 6 comes out, I'm getting a hard case of gaming disorder. I'm telling you guys right now. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you get the note from Dr. I'm... Mario? Yeah. Yep. Although that's kind of funny that that they they're diagnosing this. You see some of the kids that you know when when parents, I don't know, even like on Jimmy Kimmel that they videotape parents shutting off Fortnite and stuff like that like the kids are legitimately freaking out and losing their mind even like grown teenagers i don't ever remember acting that way uh as a kid um again different time whatever different upbringing i suppose but that's just it's just so funny that they're diagnosing this stuff it's for those people that are playing Fortnite legitimately well, and the thing is, like, it doesn't bother me so much that they're recognizing that people could have an addiction to it. But, like, to me, does does there have to be the designation? Isn't it just addiction? It doesn't matter what it is. Alcohol, mm -hmm. drugs, porn. I mean, it's addic addiction is the underlying, like, what you're addicted to. I don't know. I, it just kind of, like, sheds a negative light on a very large industry that's, like, fought its way to legitimacy within the last maybe decade. We're finally it's accepted. Like, it's not weird that I yeah, go home right. and play Fortnite as an adult with kids and a job. I mean, I don't play Fortnite, but yeah. I could, but you don't. Right. <laughs> I well, haven't. And, the, and the interesting part is like, I don't think they're really talking about the people that are playing like world of Warcraft. who have to piss on a bottle. You right. know, it's not necessarily that type of addiction. It's more like the people that are, like their success in a video game is like mo more important or it feels better to them than success in life. Yeah. I than guess. real world successes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's so anything like anytime you put away real world responsibilities for anything other than, you know, I mean, for something that frivolous, which is, I mean, again, it's addiction. That's drinking. Right? And that's everything, you know, it's getting yeah. away from the world. Right. And problems. And they're trying to, I mean, this has been ongoing for, for many, many years of them just cornering 
the video game market, like trying to um, yeah, put their backs against the wall a little bit, that it's this evil thing, that it's this bad thing. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing as, you know, yeah, you might be sitting in school thinking about, oh, okay, this is how this game is going to go. And uh, if I do this, I mean, we've all been there, even at work, sitting like, how am I going to beat this boss? Um, but that's no different than kids wanting to go out and they're thinking about playing basketball nonstop and, and it's consuming them that they can't wait to get on the court. I mean, it's no different. And so right. I just, they, I still believe they look at us differently than every, everybody else. I think the parents are, I mean, parents are gaming more than they ever have, obviously. So I think that's getting a little bit normal, but the people that are, making laws and in government and yeah. all the this media. stuff they're not you know they're they're obviously even a gener mostly a generation above that and still look at games like a you know meanwhile they'll go home and watch movies all night and there's no addiction to that or you know yeah, let's yeah, talk I, about their I netflix like, accounts i feel like the media treatment of video gaming hasn't changed since like the days of like columbine where like <clears throat> anything negative it's a video game's fault and then the fact that mm -hmm. somebody is legitimizing the fact that it can be negative implications to the video game just like fuels that propaganda. Like I, so here's what I do at work. Like at least three times a day, I Google gaming news and I can't click in anything because I work in an area where they lock down all the websites, but I can read the thumbnails and get like an idea of what's going on for the day. And the day that that designation became official by the world health organization, uh, like all like 20 Google hits that you can like see more, you know, like do the slideshow. They were all the same article, the same news, every platform. And it was just like, of course, of course, this is dominating it. Pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that I mean, need help. I mean, that's, that's, that's a fact, but like, that's gotta be such a small percentage of people. To, yeah, to say it to a broad source of it, like it's it's obviously a certain sector of what the game is doing for that person, not a large group of people being addicted to just gaming, you know? Yeah, there's not like, right. there's not some dude on like a shady street corner with a trench coat. And he's like, hey, kid, come over here. I got something for you. Want a little of this Mike Tyson's punch out? Huh? huh? <laughs> like, take that home. You know, like, I don't know, it's like you're treating it to me. Uh, they're treating it almost on the same level as like that. And that's where I have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's an underlying issue. Anyways, like you said, just with any any addiction issue, drugs, alcohol, whatever, uh, sports, I, that's an addiction. Family can be an addiction, whatever. Uh, you know, just there, there's an underlying underlying issue. There's some some psychic issues. Yeah um psychic that cause or psychological that behavior psychological okay. thank you thank you webster appreciate well i that. just don't want people thinking people were becoming telepathic due to video games we'd have like a whole x-men scare that wasn't gonna be good <laughs> uh, yeah so there you go we're all sick i do i do feel uh jealous of my parents whereas um at least our games paused where these ones don't like you see all those Fortnite people getting yeah. their thing cut off well that's why they're so upset is because 
they can't pause it, right? <laughs> like, right. It's true. Where we could. And we never shut the consoles off anyways. Just shut the TV off. Yep. Nobody bump this thing. <laughs> or else my eight hours in Super Mario Brothers 3 is all for that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I I can say, though, like, I've had, like, saves corrupted. And I've probably went off the handle on something like that before. I have also had that happen. Or, like, back in the days where... You could only save every so often, like on the PlayStation, then you would get to a spot where something clearly glitched and you could not progress. And you're like, nope, I just lost four <laughs> hours. F this. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's the I've worst. I've had that a few times with games. Yeah. But that's logical. I mean, that's, you're just, you lost time. Yep. Right. Yeah. Psychic. <laughs> at least, at least none of us had exactly the disease. So. I'm excited about that. <laughs> no one's going to ask. All right. I, I'm not. Tell me more. Tell me more, Ryan. So what Ed, is this? Ed Zachary disease is when your face looks at Zachary like your ass. So I'm wow. saying we're a handsome podcast is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, definitely. We got faces for radio. That's why we do this thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Death Stranding, which I, I would have bet money on, it would have been a PlayStation Five game. Uh huh. That's where not, I was at. It is coming out this year, November. And he put out an eight-minute trailer. Eight or seven and a half minutes of that probably didn't make any sense. Are you still a post-apocalyptic? package messenger <laughs> yeah like your job is to like reconnect the usa after like the apocalypse happened or something happened in the u.s you're talking to the president this president lady she's in the deathbed like the deathbed is in the oval office it's it's pretty great <laughs> makes sense yeah but she's like uh he's talking to her and she's like oh you got to unite the country and to Norman Reedus. Like, you got to Norman this. Reedus. You yep. killed them zombies. You can do this. Yep. He does. He, he has a motorcycle. They may, he, he, that was probably one of his requests. He's like, I got to have a motorcycle. I'm Daryl. I need a motorcycle. Yeah. But there were some, some hints at what that game is going to be. And like some of it looks like time travel or something. Cause he was fighting and shooting people during world war one. So, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. There was a lot of like connecting to the baby and the baby scenes, other stuff. And yeah, that stuff, I have no idea what's going on. Probably won't even after I'm done with the game, but I, I, for quite a while have had zero faith that this game will be remotely good. <clears throat> I yeah. hope I'm proven horror. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I really, I really do. But I just, I don't think this turns out good. What's the release date on this? November of this year. This year? Yeah. So they're banking in on there being their holiday game, for sure. Um, definitely Sony will lean into that. Yeah. It, it seems like you're traveling, though. Like, you have to get point A to point B across the country. That seems like what the game is, and there's obstacles, like... 
you know, take your ladder out and go up the mountain and do all this other stuff. And people are trying to stop you, but. Sounds very video gamey. Yeah. I'll have to watch this. Yeah. This this just came out today, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna play it. I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad, but I guarantee you they get support to like PlayStation Five. Like it'll be oh, Death yeah. Stranded, At this point you have Strandier to, yeah. edition. <laughs> Although I'm curious as like what, what ports will like if it's all backwards compatible, will they just do like a texture pack that like installs your PS five and like it's just the same game? Because that's all they'd have to do, right? I mean, that's kind of how they're showing off the PlayStation 5 right now, right? They're right. showing Spider-Man just being better. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing going forward, that might be just what it is. Which I'm totally down with. I don't need a whole, mm-hmm. like, two years of the first gen of this. You know, the first wave of this gen was just nothing but ports. Because... Yep. Guess what? The exclusives were not really good or there at the beginning of this console. I mean, as much as I squeeze out a knack, I just had to break down and buy Diablo 3. Yeah. Well, that's exciting news, though. Release date. I think that was kind of I thought like like you said, I think everybody thought that and Last of Us 2 were probably going to be like I was thinking almost like a GameCube we twilight princess situation or in this case breath of the wild, breath of the wild. we just had that with uh nintendo but... yeah uh last of us did get pushed to next year <clears throat> that's not surprising yeah so. that will i won't be surprised if that launches alongside ps5 i could see that yeah i didn't play the first i didn't play the last one so it's good. Um, I think it gets. You said it's super intense, right? Yeah, it it does. I mean, I I think that's one of those games that like. I don't know if I just waited too long to play it, and like it had been so hyped up that, I was just it was it was really like I don't mean to put it down. It's a very good game. It's just it's not like the earth shattering game. I think what they do good is tell a story that's good, and the character it's a, acting is good. It's probably one of the best stories in games yeah. for sure. It's just the gameplay, like I like I've played Uncharted before. Like, cool, you put zombies in it, but it's still Uncharted. I'm I'm sorry. Well, and there's so much tension in that game too, and I'm not sure if I like that. Too much tension. I walked away from that game because I was just like, I can't. Yeah. Fo- like, I just my chest was just pounding. I'm like, I gotta <laughs> step away, and I haven't gone back. I'm probably halfway through that game. It, yeah, it's that's, good. That's probably the reason I didn't touch it when uh, you were. Uh, passing a stack of PS4 games, you're like, oh, you know, try these out. And then this one, I was like, is this good? And you're like, ah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> and those aren't my type of games. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just pass that one down, uh, down yeah. the line. So I liked everything about the story, the character development, and the world. I just, it was just too like too many like tense moments, and I get all. I'm not good with that because like. Some people can control their hands and like reflexes, but like basically, like I just like I'm like butterfingers when shit jumps at me on the screen. I hit every button wrong. I click the L and yeah. R. Uh, it's bad. That's why I can't play like Call I, of Duty anymore. That's that's the thing. Like the tension comes from because you're in control of the situation. You know, you can control whether or not you're going to be, you know, scared shitless. Basically, right. And, I, <laughs> and if you and screw I up, you're going to get scared that. shitless. <laughs> yeah, I suck at controlling that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent agree. And I played on easy even because I was just like, I just want to experience this, and I still sucked. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was definitely tense. It'll be. I think two is going to be pretty amazing, though, based on what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, next month, well, June anyway, the PlayStation Plus games. You get Sonic Mania and Borderlands. The Borderlands like HD update thing that just came yeah, out. It's the handsome collection, so it's like all. Oh, of them. nice. All of the old Borderlands games. Well, is it all of them or just two? Did you say the Hanson collection? <laughs> handsome Jack like collection? Umbom Hanson collection? <laughs> that, would, that would probably uh, be right up their alley, but no, it's handsome. Oh. Got I thought that was just two and uh, the precursor legacy. <laughs> it legitimately sounded like Hanson. Hanson, Handsome, they're the same thing, right? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it all of them or is it just two and the precursor legacy in that one? I didn't think it had the first one in it, or am I wrong? Oh, maybe it doesn't, yeah. I it it probably doesn't. That one probably wasn't updated HD, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought I remember not having one of them, but I haven't experienced cool, any of the Borderland games. I have Borderlands two on VR. Yeah, just because it kind of was a bundle game in with that Beat Saber pack. And I just haven't gotten into it. It just moves a lot. Um, so seems like a very yeah, bad not... way to play that game. I know. Me, I... But... Yeah. I can't get past like just the tutorial. I'm like, I've had enough yeah. of this. So that's, I'm not experiencing it the right way. I haven't even tried it. Cause I got that same bundle you did. And I'm like, I know that's going to make me sick. So I'm just going to not play it. Mm-hmm. But Borderlands two, I think is a very good game. It's just, I, it's one of those games that I got too late. Um, the community was mostly gone. At least people, actively playing it a lot on console so i never really got too far because it's it's an okay game but like it'd be much more enjoyable with a couple people yeah but you have to have committed people because i've played through that game about three times 50 the way 50 percent through and like you just then you the guys that you're playing with just kind of drop off of it then you're like oh and then you found another person to play and they're like well i gotta start from the beginning and well, how about this? We'll once we get the Handsome Jack collection, we'll all start from the beginning and we'll f- complete two. How about that? Yeah, I'll there you I'll go. commit to that. <laughs> I'll commit to it on VR. Oh boy! <laughs> so here's another thing I heard about too. Um, I can't remember what the name of the game is called, but it's free on all consoles and PC. Maybe not Switch and cross-platform, and it's basically like the way it was described to me is it's Monster Hunter Light. So it's just a much more accessible and free-to-play version. Um, I cannot recall what this game is called, but it piqued my interest. I like how I introduce a topic. Hey, guys, want to talk about a game that I don't know what it's called? <laughs> that sounds pretty interesting, but that, that totally seems like the way they should go, right? Cause right. Monster Hunter is so much about like the way you look, too, that... That seems like it's totally a free-to-play thing. Dauntless. That's what this is called. Dauntless. Um, okay. So, yeah. Basically, it's a kind of a, a clone. It's on... Let's see. What is this on? Free-to-play. Yeah. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. Um, it was published by Epix Games. So, I don't know. This might be one that I need to check into because I've... I've contemplated going back to Monster Hunter because I really was... Um, intrigued by that expansion expansion they showed at that last uh whatever those playstation things are what they call them oh yeah they're directs uh, state of play there you go <clears throat> and i was like this is amazing and i'm like i just cannot 
just the thought of having to get back in there, figure everything out again, <laughs> and then like progress enough to get to the point to enjoy that. I'm sorry. I, I love that game. It was fantastic, but I cannot do it. Um, something like this where it's free to play and there's going to be like a huge community base because it's cross platform on everything. And I've heard like it, you get like a little cursor above people's heads to let you know what platform they're on. Um, oh. That just means that like there's going to be a pretty big world, especially PCs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I need to give this a try. I'm I'm pretty pretty curious on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm up for any type of game like that. I I think Monster Hunter is a little bit too grindy for my taste. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you and I hit that but, brick wall together, and we're like, yeah, we're good. Like this this is yeah. good. I just remember that I think that was this the last afternoon I ever played it was that one where you and I just like completely failed. I think you and I both walked away at that point. Yeah. I, I never fired it up again, but no, me neither. But we beat the game. And just yeah, like you said, the thought of going back to that, like that whole game is you're bumping against your the top end of your abilities every time and you finally time. beat it. So I can't imagine like losing skill now and then going back to what you were doing. That right. seems impossible. It's a game full of like the highest highs and the lowest lows, and there's like very little in between. <laughs> no. Yeah. So yeah, Dauntless. Maybe you want to check out. Very cool. I'm gonna download it on my PS4 right now, actually, when we're when we're talking. So I got an email from GameStop. Oh. And they they titled it basically saying, "Oh, a, a great new benefit is on its way to you." We're closing. <laughs> uh, they will be, I think, after this. Uh, so what was it? Probably six months ago, they had their Power Up Rewards program. They used to uh, give you twenty percent if you did the paid version. They cut that. And now you only get 10% off all purchases, all pre-owned stuff, if you have that. Um, They sent me a nice email saying that, oh, they're changing that. They're getting rid of the 10%, but they're replacing it with a $5 coupon that you get every month. And that coupon expires oh, I've heard about this. At, the end of, at the end of every month. And that seems like... It just seems terrible. Like, who is going to fall for that? Like, who's going to pay money? I think it's $15 a year or 20 a year or something like that. I forget what it is. I mean, you get Game Informer. For now. Which I, yeah, for now. Um, but for me, who has bought a ton of stuff from GameStop, which I'm not the normal GameStop customer, for sure. <laughs> right. I'm not their target, I guess. but. That 10% even is a way better deal to me than $5. Well, and they're f- trying to force traffic into their store, right? On a regular basis. Like if, it, well, if yeah, you the, get it and it's going to expire, yeah. I mean, that sucks. Yeah. If that was like a free thing, I could see it. Like if it was like the free program and you got $5 off a purchase every month, that's pretty solid. Right. But when you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, and if they let it carry over even, like let's say they let it carry over month to month through the course of the calendar year and you just had to use it all by the end, you know, so 
it could build to a point where you could get a new release, but I mean, what you're just chipping away at more expensive purchases and I don't know. I, I don't understand like in the position that they're at, they need high volume customers. Right. And this type of thing only benefits the person that is buying a one $15 game a month where they get $5 off. That's a great deal for them. But <laughs> how much money are they making off that one person where somebody who's going to be buying how many used games a month no longer gets 10% off? What do they? They'll just go to Amazon or something then, right? Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say is like we now live in a world where nobody offers a reward program, right? Like Best Buy's discontinued theirs. Like that's legacy. I mean, we're in the last months of that still existing. Amazon stopped their discount program. Like yeah. maybe instead of like trying to find gimmicky ways to see a, apparently give people a discount and get them in their store. Like how about you just provide better customer service, get staff in there that you've paid a decent wage to give a shit about their job and like stop filling your store with knickknacks and trash. Like, you know, they missed out on like one of the key things that they could have got to like drive rabid revenue into their store. And that was partnering with limited run games, like best buy, like killer partnership there. Um, that's the type of demographic that, GameStop could have latched onto and like started doing more projects like that, more of the stuff they did like with Song of the Deep. Like focus on something that like infuses into that rabid current like collectors market instead of like trying to throw a coupon at college kids. I don't get it. Yeah, and when they would they lose like seven hundred million last it's not good. their last earnings. Like it it's not going to be good. No. I mean, let's be honest. They, they're, they're not savable on the current trajectory. And like that current trajectory is probably, do you think they have another fiscal year? I don't think so. I mean, now without a massive liquidation. I mean, if they had a better strategy, they might be able to float. But like, this isn't it. This You're just taking value away from a customer at this point to most customers. Or your most valuable customers, anyway. Yeah. I think all those things are important. You know, all the background stuff, obviously, is very important. But I think a lot of it happens up front. And I'm pretty forward with, like, I cannot stand GameStop. I never have a good experience in there. The employees always suck. Uh, If you're an employee listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, But, like, they just... You know, every time I've gone in in hopes to get something, or if I'm looking for a certain game, if I don't want to go across town, whatever, I'll stop in there, and I never have a good experience. Uh, I want them to be a video game store. You know, whether that's geek culture stuff, whatever. I want them to be a video game store. I want them to understand video games uh, and be salesmen second You know, to that. I want them to be passionate about what we're passionate about. That's what most people in sales do anyways. And so when I go in and I'm just kind of browsing and the first thing you are saying, do you want to pre-order this, this, and this? And you don't even know what I'm interested in or what I'm even looking at. That drives me nuts. And then the next guy walks in behind me. This was just a couple of weeks ago. First word in, are you looking to pick up a switch today? And it's like, the guy just walked in. You don't know what he's looking for. <laughs> Maybe he has something on pre-order. And it just, you have to fix some of that front end stuff where it's not so 
sales driven or direct sales driven that um you want it to be a bearable place not just a place that you just pre-order crap because they're getting the kickbacks on that drives me nuts well i'm not even sure if they get kickbacks from what i understand a lot of that is quotas and if you don't yeah i think you just get to keep your job is yeah kind of where they're at sure i mean right and and then you know, all the changes in the background obviously need to happen, but yeah, it is the people up front too that you have to change the face of the store and change what people think of the store. They just I just don't see a lot of people going in there anymore. They'd rather go to Best Buy, get their stuff over there, and not have to deal with the bull crap. They just suck at the whole pre order thing too, because like even like the the good local shops beat them at that game and they'll offer like five dollars to ten dollars off a new game if you pre-order through them because they can like they just want to mm-hmm. get people in their store even though it means less profit off the bat so <clears throat> yeah gamestop is and to your point like they should be knowledgeable i think my favorite gamestop story of like the last year was walking in to buy a uh screen protector for my switch and i brought it up to the counter and the guy's like oh broke your screen huh i'm like what no do you understand what this does <laughs> I'm like, I'm buying this so I don't break my screen. Like, God. Idiot. Ugh. GameStop. Yeah. I mean, there there is, like, the GameStop employee. It just seems like they're mindless and, like, they don't have, I don't know. They're not on the same wavelength, it seems like. seems like they're kind of robots half the time. Because I've never, very few times in all the GameStops I've been, that there's been a meaningful conversation about a game that I was going to buy or talk about, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if that's discourages talking about games with customers or what, but I think it's just the fact that like in any business, like you have to have a, a structure and then like compensation in place to pay enough to get people that will care. And I don't think they do like, especially even at like a store manager level. Like if you're paying a store manager, like I can't imagine they make, nearly enough to make it worth it then he's gonna hire people to work part-time under him for like next to nothing i i mean you get what you pay for um because i can remember like if you remember kind of like when software etc's were still around but part of that umbrella like kind of that i feel like that era of like xbox dreamcast gamecube playstation 2 like i had pretty good experiences a lot of game stops like most of the staff was knowledgeable they were passionate about gaming but that was also like right at like the cultural like crossroads of where it was becoming mainstream and gaming was on fire and like you had your big first pre-orders like the halo 2 launch and stuff and like it was a very small window of like a year or two and then it just feels like gamestop has progressively just not been able to keep staff that aren't just complete boobs i'm sorry like a lot of i mean there i'm sure there's great ones but at least where we live it's it's not been good for many many years yeah gamestop got me all fired up now enjoy enjoy your coupons andy yeah i you know what will make it better though is that sonic the movie just got pushed back so that they could perfect they could perfect the look of Sonic. So it got pushed back to 2020. I think it's in February, maybe Valentine's Day, I think Ryan was saying. Um, so we went on a rant, maybe the last podcast or the podcast before that one, on 
uh, video games and movies, and when you merge them, it doesn't always go well. And so this is one that uh, they heard the cries, more like screaming, not cries, of the fans to change the look, and they actually listened. So I don't know what that's going to be like or if that's going to change the minds of people. If they're actually going to change it or if they're just behind schedule anyways, <laughs> I'd be really interested to know. I'm guessing they realize, oh, crap, this is way more work than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Right, I'm sure just to, I mean, obviously Sonic, there's going to be majority of the scenes are going to have them in it and you've kind of scaled everything to whatever you developed and created. I just think it's funny that what they put out in this movie, there was not one question of, he doesn't quite look like Sonic. Do you think people are going to have a problem with this? (laughs) Like they just, they went with it. And now it takes all these people to complain. He doesn't look like Sonic. He doesn't look like Sonic from them to be like, yeah, we should probably change it. You guys aren't happy with that. Like at what point do you say, all yeah, these test groups well. are crazy. Yeah. I, the thing, I mean, the thing is, is like, this is gonna be a bunch of work too. Right. And like, if I replay that trailer in my head and overlay good looking Sonic on top of it, it still isn't a movie. I think is going to be good, which is the sad no. part. That's where no. I think this is a bad business move. They should just shoved it out the way it was <laughs> even, even, yeah. I mean, they made, they made the wrong decision in the first place, obviously, but like, I don't know if this is going to be like, Oh, okay. You change it. Then, then I'll, spend some money on right it. yeah it could have been like the best worst movie scenario right where you just lean into the fact that it's terrible so everyone laughs at it and loves it for that reason yep poor jim carrey what do you think this is gonna do with the budget i wonder what the cost of making those changes well th- let's are, say they doubled their budget the mo- which apparently was 20 dollars. i think they'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> 40 bucks and a few milkshakes yeah. we got this do you think they turn him into like some sc- stretchy guy that can move? Like, can you imagine <laughs> like all those? Gumby? Well, like they, they film all the real guy, you know, all the real actors in there and they have to interact with the model that was there in the first right. place. So like, That's imagine funny. all that stuff where like, if they're handing him something or whatever, they're going to have to like make whatever new model do that. Yeah, that's true. Right. Now you just do what George Lucas did and just like when, uh, Han Solo stepping over Jabba the Hutt, it just like chugs like over, and then he walks and he like slowly <laughs> comes back. It's no one will notice. It's perfectly fine. So. I think it'll be funny when they say, "Okay, we fixed it," and then they release it, and there's Mario in it, <laughs> something like that. Like you got a Mario or Knuckles. They threw somebody completely random in there, and this is what you guys get. Sorry. Yeah. It, it didn't take long, though, um, for them to respond to uh, all those people complaining about the trailers. So, <clears throat> yeah, which is a be interesting, which is a weird. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I think they're probably making the right choice, but I think it's a little scary that we live in a world where the Internet can change how something artistically comes out after it's yeah. essentially shipped. Right. Like it's done. It was done. Like, I don't know. That's a very kind of disturbing thing to me, but what happened for something that we don't even know the full look of it, the full story of it. I mean, we could do that with any movie that comes out, which is pretty awesome. I think uh, the next, you know, next, whatever comes out, some 
romantic comedy. We just chew it up, and they're like, all right, we're going to put Ashton Kutcher back in this. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to take Adam Sandler's out. I hope nobody in the internet asks for that in any movie. We need more Ashton Kutcher. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think of rom-com people. Oh, gosh. Oh, that would be. Yeah. I I mean, that stuff happens in games right now, even. Like, they launch games and then... Yep. Yeah. Huge outcry. I mean, look at No Man's Sky. That game is not even the same thing as it was. Well, they also lied horribly and dropped the turn, so... (laughs) Plus, they yeah. they got caught up in their own life for showing a fake trailer and fake yeah. gameplay footage. Yeah. But, I mean, they've kind of gotten to the place where they're at with that game because of... Listening to their fan base? Yeah. It's true. So what you're saying is we're getting an Oscar for Sonic? Yeah, I mean... Potentially. Just, just bake that movie a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. Cool. They should create like a create your own adventure video game or movie where they put up two things. So like, okay, pick which one. Like, vote whoever has the most votes. That's the thing that goes in, and then they throw the next thing up. Okay. You know so what you we should like, do? create your own movie that way. Now that we know the internet has this much power, is we should start a public outcry that the plot twist at the end of the movie is that his human companion who played Cyclops, like, actually dons and becomes Cyclops. And he's, <laughs> he's like, the Tails replacement to Sonic's... He's the sidekick, and that's how they defeat Dr. Robotnik. That's great. I think yeah. this could work. I love it. We're going to get an Let's X-Men cross uh, Sonic game, fighting game. Yeah. Yes. There we go. I, I, I would love it right, if they made a game do that this. made the changes in for the movie. That'd be great, too. Started out ugly and then got fixed. And yeah, there was a there was a PlayStation Three game. I want to say it launched with a TV show, and like as the game was played, whatever was happening in the in the game, they would like record that in the TV show. Like it changed how the TV show progressed. Weird. It was really weird. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I I know I've told you guys like I haven't really been game hunting or anything much lately, but uh, I did want to let you guys know that I am now the proud owner of a pinball table. I've always wanted one. Um, <laughs> I now own uh, my own personal table. Classic design here. Um, this is a, beautiful. This is like what kind of plunger do you have on the that? The 18-inch model. Um, it's called the the Juke Jubilee. Um, very rare. Mm. I think it's a Stern, possibly. Um, is that the deluxe edition it is and you can tell it's the deluxe because it it misses the battery panel uh that holds in the four d batteries (laughs) Uh, so you have to use tape um which is great is this the one that they uh released at midwest gaming classic i think so it was exclusive yes yep yep i thought it was willy wonka but i guess it was no it was juke jubilee of course juke jubilee that's right that's that's fancy. Yes. And for anyone who can't see it, because this is an audio podcast. <clears throat> no, we don't. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Just okay. leave it as it Google is. Google it. Juke Jubilee. <laughs> Rarest pinball table ever.
I'm pretty happy that I found a Sonic the Hedgehog boombox, which seems like the most 90s thing in the world. You were the perfect That's person to bring that awesome. home. I, yes. I just applauded that when I saw that picture. Does it work? I haven't tested it yet. but uh, It doesn't matter. It didn't, it's still it, awesome. It, it didn't come with a power cord. And oh. yeah. like you, I need D batteries. So. Then who has those anymore? Right. I got D's nuts. Does that help you? My mom likes to send me like frogs mating outside their house. All right, moving on to the fail bag where we answer 20 year old magazine questions as if they were addressed to us. Um, I'm in old Nintendo Power number 19. Mr. Steve Wozniak, that one from Apple, he actually wrote into Nintendo Power. Says my first score in excess of five hundred thousand was five hundred seventeen thousand. He's talking about Tetris, and that was on July twenty sixth. Even though I had it only one hundred sixty seven lines. Photographs of both screens are in uh, scores are enclosed, and I will write again when I score six hundred thousand. That's kind of cool that he wrote in, but is that a good score? I don't know. I've played original OG Tetris I've, in so long. I have no idea, but I just think it's so strange that, like, one of the founders of Apple is writing in. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think I've heard this before. I I can't remember. It might have been on a YouTube channel somewhere that someone was talking about. Steve Wozniak wrote in. I, so... That's kind of cool. It is cool, but I don't know. 600,000? Okay. Sounds good to me. I mean, I don't even know what the world record is. Probably a lot. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, didn't he invent Breakout, pretty much? Maybe. Because, yeah, he did, like, some game design, right? Before, like, a lot of the computer stuff. Yeah, I want to say. That was him. So, so was this on Game Boy NES? Uh, Game Boy. Yep. Game Boy. Do they show the pictures? Yeah, it shows him holding his Game Boy up. So it's it's legit that it's actually him. But you can read the screen when it's that far out, or does he have like two p- photos? Uh, well, I can't tell in this in what I have, but he he was photoshopping them back then. <laughs> yeah. Bastard. He pro- it wasn't real. He probably could, yeah. It was probably like an Apple port that he like Rom <laughs> made himself. <laughs> what a jerk. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think 600,000 or even 550,000 is not bad because the record is 748,757. Wow. So I would consider that not too shabby. Yeah, I wonder if he ever did reach 600,000 then. That would be. Or something like that. 441 lines and 748,000. Wow. That doesn't seem like that many lines in the grand scheme. Although, of like going people. through YouTube, it's there's stuff that's the way more than that. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, 999,999. 999, so. Wow. 
but that's on the NES. So the Game Boy seven hundred some thousand. Wow. Dang, that's Steve Wozniak. Way to go, buddy! Very nice. Gold star for you. He was a master. He had nothing better to do, you know, running right huge company. Ninety one. That had to have been right around that big push for Macintosh. Computers. Yeah. Um. Patty from Florida. She says, uh, when my husband went to Saudi Arabia in September as part of Operation Desert Shield, he took my son's Game Boy and three games with him. That's rough. Uh, I love you, son. I'm taking your Game Boy. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to see me just to remember you by (laughs) my son's Game Boy got the workout of its life. The troops spent a lot of time in the desert just waiting around. They said that the Game Boy was a great way to pass the time. Yeah, that's amazing. I know even in the New York Nintendo store, they have the Game Boy that survived the blast faced. uh, uh, Yeah, survived a blast and it's all melted, but the screen's still working. And I mean, yeah, that, that thing's practically bulletproof which is amazing and tough even i mean now many years later it's still they're still operating fairly well for the most part you get some screens that are out but so when i in the town that i grew up in there was a um veterans home and you know you'd have to go there for like certain classes or like groups Like Boy Scouts. I just remember there was this one guy, I can't remember his name, really nice dude. And he would tell the story about like his Bible and he kept like a pocket Bible in his breast chest. And then he looked down after an explosion in the war one day and like they were here, there was like this giant like dagger piece of shrapnel that pierced through like all but the last 10 pages of this Bible. I'm just picturing like the Jeez. Game Boy with the same thing where like there's this massive explosion and it's like it went all the way through the Game Boy. But not the backside of that Tetris cartridge and saved my life. And it still works. <laughs> still. Can you imagine them on a, like a covert mission where they're sitting in like quiet tanks and and uh, the guy is just trying to <laughs> get the time to pass by and calm down and the volume's yeah. all the way up. He's like, oh my gosh. The, enemy, da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. <laughs> the enemies are outside. And that's all they hear is like a Russian jingle. <laughs> yeah, there's a Russian right. tank coming. The Russians. Oh my god! <laughs> Dang it, Billy, you stupid asshole. Turn the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize this until I started selling games a lot that our uh, military actually plays a lot of video games. <laughs> I believe it. Um, yeah. There's a lot that gets sent to bases all over the world. It's insane. I suppose when like you're not allowed to like leave that often, and like mm-hmm. you've got a finite amount of space, like a console is kind of a great way to escape um, your daily routine. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I I don't have I have a few military friends, and they said sometimes it is just waiting around for the next orders and. So you're just trying to find time to, or trying to find things to pass the time. So, you know, I believe that they have everything there to just sit and wait sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. And that's when I also realized that 
uh, this last year when we went down to Omaha, we're like, oh, there's this really great, great chain of stores. There's one more down south. We started heading that way. It's actually on the Air Force Base. Yeah. We start like going there like, oh, maybe we won't go to that one. <laughs> and then, yeah, I like whipped a shitty like 20 feet from the gate and like I'm all panicked. I'm like, am I going to get pulled over now? Do they have my license plate? <laughs> What's going to happen to me? We're I'm not a terrorist. I just like games. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, they probably crazy. do pretty well there. You know, a lot of. I bet you some of those places are honey holes, though, of just guys having to dump off their stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. New orders or the moving bases, and they just can't bring it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Yep. We didn't find out that day. Next year, you're going to need to uh, start basic, Andy, and get us in there. (laughs) Yep. You're the youngest. You can make it happen. Yep. He's also the fattest. Oh, we have the most kids, too, so I feel guilty about this. I don't want to send you off to get hurt somewhere. Can I take their Game Boys? It's for the better. <laughs> it's for our country. It's true. What a double whammy, though. Like, I feel bad for that kid. Like, your dad's... I'm leaving, son. You're not going to see me for a while. Oh, I'm taking your Game Boy, too. Right. Yeah, what if the worst had happened? You'd be like, traumatized and you'd hate video games forever. <laughs> yep. My God. <laughs> Sorry, did I go too Can dark? you imagine... So, no, but okay, with our collections, if you had, I know this is such a stupid cliche question, but they're not going to be grabbing full things of video games. They'd grab maybe one or two. It sounded like you grabbed like three Game Boy games. I mean, that would be, I'd be standing for hours being like, which one do I grab? I don't know. It's true. Yeah, that would be, that would be tough, especially Game Boy games. Cause like, you can beat Kirby's adventure in like what 30 minutes okay so okay the game but let's do this like if you could pick the three what, what three would you take oh god to to i one, would take right? tetris for one yeah absolutely yeah after that boy i probably I, pokemon uh okay assuming that this is now pokemon wouldn't have been out by then mario not at this point no which mario the Game Boy one. <laughs> I don't know. Three. I know there's a Mario. Is it World? There's uh, Mario Land, World? Mario Land 2, and then Mario Land 3, Land, yeah. Wario Land. Yeah. I think I would probably maybe do Samus Returns. like the yeah. game. And then I'd need like Pretty- one more arcade feeling game. Could do your radar mission as you're doing a radar mission. That's true. That would fit. It's two games in one. Yeah. There you go. Nailed it. Do it. Play while you're on an aircraft carrier. That's not an easy question to answer. It's not. It's just, I just like I've played so many Game Boy games over the year and I've forgotten so many. Like I, when I go through my collection, I forget what games I even have. It's crazy. So Mark from Michigan says, I'm 20 years old, and I'm a member of Theta Chi Fraternity at Eastern Michigan University. I'm sorry. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm ready to tell you about one of our spring breaks. So buckle up, this is going to be a hell of a story. It's going to get too raunchy. Uh, For this podcast, it's... <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. It's a little yeah. racy. In March, two of my fraternity brothers and I decided to drive to South Padre Island. 
which is in the Gulf, right. Gulf of Mexico off the southern tip of Texas. Took us a little over 20 hours to get there, driving straight to get, wait, driving straight through. Okay. The, uh, the Game Boy game, or the Game Boy came in really handy in passing the time on their way there and back, and that's only the beginning. When we arrived, about 14 of our fraternity members were already there. We ended up spending about half of our time playing Game Boy in our hotel room. Tetris and Super Mario Land were the big hits that drained our vacation time. The humor in all this is that even the weather was nice and the girls were gorgeous, we still spent all of our vacation playing Game Boy. Just goes to show that you don't have to take a vacation to have a great time. Next time, just pull out the old Game Boy and save some money. All right, so how this story should have ended was, so I traveled with my Game Boy, but that's not the end of the story. Three days into our bender, I woke up and couldn't find my Game Boy. Here it was lodged in my fraternity brother's ass, and we had to go to the doctor to get it removed. The irony in all this, Dr. Mario was in the Game Boy. It still works! <laughs> that's, the, that's where I thought this was going. That, that's more plausible. Yeah. <laughs> They really built this story up like just you ate what happened on uh, spring break. Yeah, wild and crazy okay. parties. Playing game. There you boy. go. It's disappointing. Sounds like a video game club more than a uh, fraternity. But... Of course he would write into Nintendo Power. <laughs> Milo from Pennsylvania says, I love Nintendo Power. My favorite game is Super Mario Bros. 3 because I love raccoons. In fact, I have two of my own. One is an albino with white fur and red eyes. That's what albino means. Um, <laughs> the other, which is black and brown, and I named him Tanuki. Okay. Who keeps raccoons you, as pets? I, yeah, I was going to say, do you think the rabies is worth the cuteness of... I actually work with someone who kept a raccoon as a pet. She's been raising it for like the last year. It's super cute looking, but... I don't know, man. And then you wake up and it's <clears throat> clawing at your eyeball. Yeah, I was going to say, they're creepy little animals with a vicious streak. I just can't imagine. Can you buy? Like, is that a thing? Can you get domesticated... Raccoons? Like, is it is it legal anymore? I highly yeah, I can't it. imagine, right? Yeah, that seemed, yeah. Because <clears throat> I doubt a veterinary clinic would treat them. Like, I doubt they're allowed to treat them. Yeah. So you'd have to, like, find somebody to do it, like, at a farm. Like, I... <laughs> D-rabies, like, cattle or something. D-rabies. That vaccinates them, not D-rabies. Dumb. I guess it's Plus, cool if like, there's an albino one, right? Tanuki. I mean, that's a pretty clever name. Yep. Or any type of But animal, isn't the Tanuki an actual animal that is just the Tanuki? So by naming a raccoon, a tanuki, that's like naming my cat dog. <laughs> it's weird. You should. Yeah, Tanuki dog. is a Japanese raccoon dog. There you go. Boy, I was like almost spot on on that. The dog thing and everything. Good job. Good job. You're really good at your Japanese. I have a hard enough time keeping my kids out of stuff that I don't want them to be in. 
can't even imagine what a raccoon would be like. Uh, I'm sure it'd be hell. You wake up in the morning for cereal and open the door and it's just like chilling in there. <laughs> Plus, aren't they like, they're nocturnal by nature, right? Like for the most part, they, they would be very so. active at night, which would suck. <laughs> Every morning, clean up the kitchen. Yeah, that'd be bad. I wonder, if, I suppose you must be able to like litter box drain them. I would hope, otherwise you're just going to have feces everywhere. <laughs> Not ideal. Gross. <laughs> hey, but it's like a tanuki, so it's cute. Yeah, right? it's totally worth it. Yeah. Here's another story about like a uh, system that was completely destroyed and still worked. Jason from Oregon. I read that you wanted to hear about disasters. Well, I have a good one for you. It started when my family moved. I put my NES in its box to be moved with the rest of our stuff. When the truck arrived at our new house, I ran out and immediately started to dig for my NES. To my amazement, a chair had fallen and a leg was stuck in the NES box. Oh no! <laughs> when I saw it, I freaked out. I opened it up and it looked terrible. There was a giant hole punched in the top of the control deck. I cleaned out the broken plastic and put in Mario Brothers 2, and wow, it works. And you can see the game pack through the hole. <laughs> works fine. <laughs> it's a peephole. Let's you know That's what game's cool. in there. I like that. Yeah, the NES, I mean, is kind of bulletproof, but I'm surprised that didn't destroy it other than the the with the pins and all that stuff <laughs> other than the yeah the crappy way they engineered it in the first place but. yeah well, i right. suppose it's just luck of the draw that it punched through the top side of the box and not the bottom because like yeah. obviously the bottom is where all your like actual guts are so right and i think most people don't i mean even a kid that age would probably not know what the inside of an nes looks like and so just like the NES carts, you assume that the board is all the way up and like it's filled with all the stuff, but it's pretty much empty for the most part. Yep. yep. Um, so that's probably like, oh, man, awesome. I can see my game in there and actually see that there's not much in there. It's just a wide open piece of plastic. Yep. It's all just for looks. But it looks like a VCR, so. It's not a toy. Not a video game system. Uh, other than that, I think that's that's going to do it for questions that I'm going to field today. So, Nate, do you want to wind this up? I'll wind this up and let it ride. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. All right. Anyways, we'd love to hear your emails. Send them to us. Uh, pictures, anything video game related. We'd love to get some emails. Please send us some emails. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you should check us out on our social medias. Of course, Facebook. There's a lot going on there, as well as our Twitter at Weekend Rental PC. And you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. And as always, be kind. Rewind. It's beating time. You know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am.